Garrison Army Rising. The church is the breeding grounds for raising godly men and women who are willing to apply kingdom principles and values to bring transformation to their respective societies. We need to have a national focus. We don't have to lose this ambition or else we work against the Great Commission. They are equipped in righteousness. Unless our righteousness exceeds those who just know ABC and sometimes others to do, but they don't do. Unless we see that. We pray for God to raise right ministers in our nations. We pray for God to raise right tax collectors. We pray for God to raise right security agents. They are bold and fearless. Standing your ground when the battle has been heated to such an extent that everyone is running away. But we don't quit. For we know no defeat. The agenda. To possess the nations. Welcome to an equipping center of the word and prayer on Pentecost hour. Stay tuned in. God for this morning and for the opportunity to discuss the word of God with you. Last week we began talking about building tomorrow's church today. We always have to build the tomorrow's church because as a leadership is about tomorrow. What we are enjoying today is what our forebears planted. That is the fruit that we are enjoying. We also need to consciously build tomorrow's church today. And we need to build it to be strong. Because we said that the church has an opposition in the devil. And that we need to build it to be strong. To be able to answer questions, meet needs, and solve tough problems. We need to build the church to be strong. Now, when I was in Tamale... We used to have these prayer meetings, and we used to have it on Mondays. And the whole of the Monday, once God grants me the grace and he he gave me life, I will concentrate on the prayer meeting. I will leave home and then not go to the office, but go to any of the church buildings. And then I will be there the whole day till about 430 I'll come home and then organize myself, and by 5.30, I will be at the place of service, waiting for the members to come. Then one of those days, when we just started the, the opening prayer, under normal circumstances, we'll talk about the healings and the deliverances after the message. But when we just started the opening prayer, not many people were in church. So I could see this nurse who was making some funny movements, she would go out and come in, and the way she was moving the mouth and then touching the ears, I was looking at her with some kind of surprise. I didn't know what was going on. But when we finished the prayer meeting and we called for testimonies, now listen, now after every prayer meeting, call for testimonies. Don't just say that go in faith, the Lord has done it. If the Lord has done it, let them come and say it. You see, God is still in his church. One of the ways to kill prophecy in the church is to let somebody lead worship and not give some space for God to speak. Once the person leads the worship and after worship, he or she prays and we all say, Amen, that door of prophecy is closed. And then if we keep closing it, then you will say that we have been in this church for many years and we are not hearing any prophecy and that the church is not powerful. The power, the prophecy, the giftings are in you. 
but somebody will have to cause it to be activated. And the door must be open for the master of the church to speak to us. Because prophecies are a specific word for a specific people at a specific time. The general word is the Bible. But sometimes God wants to descend and say something specific to us. Now, these are the wells that I want us to redig, especially in our era as PIWCs. So this lady, once we gave the opportunity for testimonies, she came and she picked the mic. I was interested in what she was going to say because I saw her movements. So I know she's coming to bring some interpretation, maybe to what she was doing. Not knowing that one of the ears was not hearing. But when we started the opening prayer, she heard that there was a pop in this ear. And suddenly it was as if she was hearing everything that the world was saying. And so she would go out and close this year that was defective. And then that one is normal. This one will be hearing. And then she will close the other one that used to hear clearly. And then this one too will be hearing. And so then she will come inside the church. Then come and test and check. And then she will go out and test and check. So when I was seeing her going up and down, she was testing and checking what God has done. The church is so powerful. And the power is in us. Christ in us is the hope of the manifestation of the glory of God. God is not dead. Brothers, he is still alive in the church. So let us build a church to be strong and to be powerful. I don't want to talk about testimonies. When we were in South Africa, we had this hot prayer meeting. And I saw this lady shaking. So I thought that maybe the Holy Spirit is working on this one. So I was advancing towards her to lay hands on her. But it was a hot afternoon, so I was sweating. I guess did this, and the sweat fell on this lady who was sitting down. She was just sitting down like that on the floor, and then the sweat fell on her back. And then she started screaming, that they are burning my back. They are burning my back. And then I left her because that, she was not my concentration. I went to this one. No sooner had I touched her than she stopped shaking. I realized that I've missed it. Then when it was time for testimonies, this lady said that she felt somebody touch her back. But a week later, the pastor told me that this lady was suffering from HIV AIDS. Then after that meeting, she went to check and the, the HIV was gone. And so God was in our midst. He was working with us. For me as a pastor and with my normal experience, I thought that I should go and touch this one. But God was interested in this one. God is alive. He is not dead. Let us open our church up. In this era, let us believe God for miracles. You see, the only thing that we can do to confound the wise and to stop all these that is going on in the world is revelation. We are in the age of knowledge. And so we need serious revelations in the church to confound the wise. 
We cannot just be in the church and arguing about LGBTQ. Let something happen to that group alone. And then our case will be settled. Something happens to that group alone. That the whole world will know that this is this has happened to this group. So let us run away from them. Yeah. We need something like that to be able to settle the scores in this land. The church must be powerful. The church must be powerful. And the church must be built to last. So we must consciously, carefully, and intentionally pass the baton to the succeeding generation. Carefully, intentionally pass the baton. We ended by saying that the society that hates its youth has no future. It's quote from E. Pinto that the society that hates its youth has no future. We need to build this church to be strong. We need to build it to last. And this morning I want to talk about the fact that we need to build the church to spread. We need to build to spread. The mandate to the apostles was to begin from Jerusalem, but not to end in Jerusalem. Begin in Jerusalem, move on to the neighboring country, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That was the mandate. So the gospel, the spread of the gospel, should begin at where they receive the instruction. And it must spread. So we are building this church to spread from person to person, from community to community, from town to town, from city to city, from nation to nation, country to country, as you say. But the gospel is not like pollen grains. It does not travel on the wings of the wind. Some Holy Ghostic men and women should carry it. Yeah. If you don't carry the gospel from place to place, it is not like pollen grains that the wind will just blow and the seeds will fall anywhere and they begin to germinate. And we must carry it. I visited Europe recently. And I traveled the Scandinavian countries where our churches are. I was preaching in church. Talking about how we should push the frontiers of the church to the indigenes. Because so far we have done well. Dealing with our kind. But that should not be the end. Yeah. We need to move on and bring the wise into the church. There was this old lady in church. She listened to what I was saying closely. And I'm sure she was excited in her spirit. Then somehow, I was led to ask her to come and pray. The closing prayer. We were just about to close service. So I actually asked the congregation to stand up. And then when she picked the mic... You look at this lady. Yes. So this is the woman. I ask her to come and pray. But let's try and listen to what she will say. So we are we are going to just take a prayer from her. So we are we are going to just take a prayer from her. Did you come back with the with the gospel? You brought it there and you brought it back. And uh, I'm so happy that you are. Intending to spread it, not just keep it for yourself. Because the gospel is not something, it's not personal. Well, it is, 
but it should also be shared with your fellow human beings, your neighbors, your workers, and wherever you are, in your workplace, in your school place, especially your neighbors, your door-to-door. And how many of your neighbors really know that you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus? Did you get what she, she just said? They brought the gospel to us. And she believes that the Lord has asked us, we the immigrants, to bring the gospel back to them. But the gospel is meant to be shared. But it looks like we are keeping the gospel to ourselves. These are an old woman who love the Lord. And they are, they are praying that the, the immigrants will be able to bring the gospel to them. Say so we are keeping it to ourselves. We should share with our neighbors. Let's, let's continue to hear. Job. It's not the... God didn't say, will you? He said, you should. It's a, a commandment. It's, it's a commandment. That's how you spread the gospel. In your schools, workplace, and your neighbors. And I just want to ask Jesus to bless you tremendously and give you courage and wisdom to do the job that he called you to do. And that goes for the pastor too. And one thing I just noticed, uh, I just want to ask you, you, you wanted to spread the gospel in the church. How are you going to do that among the Danish people? So how are you going to do it in English or your native tongue? She turned to ask me a question. If you want to spread the gospel, what should we do? Okay, because sometimes... Uh, language is a barrier to spread the gospel. Sometimes and, uh, language is a barrier. So she's talking to the Ghanaian uh, folks that if you have yeah, come I, to I Denmark know, I, I and really, we are still using key, language is a barrier. Now just hold it. And then she said that, why don't we go to our neighbors and knock at their doors? And then she encouraged the church that when we knock at their doors, they will come. Yeah. So you see that all of us are standing because she was to pray, but she wouldn't pray. Yeah. She, she spoke to us. So let's come back to what we are saying. That the gospel is not like pulling grains. It needs to be carried. Why do you come to church? Yeah. How many of us are waiting for the day of the coming of the Lord? How many of us are waiting? So until he comes, what, what are you doing? Until he comes, what are you doing? And so, I'll talk about why the church is here. But we need to spread the gospel. It must be carried by certain men and certain women. Any church that wants to grow must be evangelistic in nature and pursuit. Any church that wants to grow must be evangelistic in nature and pursuit. I believe in discipleship. But if, we, if you want to disciple all of us, by the time you finish discipling all of us, Jesus would have come. So you, let's disciple, but let's go out and fetch some people. By the time you finish discipling all of us, many have died and gone to hell. Any church that wants to grow must be evangelistic in nature and in pursuit. The church should be itinerant in nature and in operation. We must move in and out in nature and in operation. All her members should do the work of, the, of an evangelist. All of us 
including the pastor, the apostle, the chairman, we should do the work of an evangelist. When my children came from school, I told them that we need to move to the marketplaces to share the gospel at least once a week. And then they were all nodding. And then some, someone thought that, hey, if I go to the marketplace, it could be too dangerous for me. And so somebody was advising me. I said, oh, why? I need to go to the marketplace. Because I was a Christian before I became the chairman. My Christian duty of spreading the gospel, that one, I should do it. Can you imagine if I move to Carnation Market? Can you imagine the number of pastors who will go to the marketplaces? Hmm? We are stuck in our big cars. And we are cruising in our homes. But the gospel must be heard. When I was in East Lagos, something happened that shocked me. This young man who was always preaching around, telling me where we can find tracts. One of the days, he had to force me to go with him to a certain house. Because the man who he wanted to kind of give him some tracts is asking for the name of the pastor. When he gave the name, he was asking for the person of the pastor. And so he had to force me to go. So we went there and then we collected some tracts. But he saved this man. And then he asked me to go and baptize this man. Some, some nice young man. So I went to baptize he alone one afternoon. Whilst I was going with him, I asked him how he came into contact with the gospel. Then he says that this young man told him about Christ. But I said, haven't you been hearing about Jesus? Then he said, no. So what? All these messages that are being preached, you've never heard about Christ before, living in East Legon? He says, no. I was shocked. But I said, but we have been preaching on the radios, the television says, he said, I don't tune to such places. I was shocked. I was shocked. It reminded me when we were at Agnans about my second station. Then we spoke to this young man to go out and preach the gospel. So I was waiting for them in the classroom, for them to come back for us to evaluate what really happened. Then when they came back, this young man that I was expecting to be the first to speak was so quiet. So quiet. So people were jumping in and sharing their experience. But he was still quiet. But he was not that kind of a person to be quiet. Then later on he took the mic and he said something shocked him. Why? He found this woman pounding fufu. Then they wanted to talk to her about Jesus. Then when they started talking about Jesus, the woman said, who is this Jesus? See a new person who has come to this village. And the young man said, he couldn't continue. Because in his mind, he never thought that there is someone on this earth who doesn't know anything about Jesus and somebody that close. The woman said, yes, no, oh, no, why? Oh, yeah, hope will be our partner and the young man was shocked. See? 
if your neighbor dies and goes to hell, according to my Bible, his blood will be required from you. We need to build the church to spread. And every member of the church should do the work of the evangelists. As Paul instructed Timothy. 2 Timothy 4, verse 5, please. 2 Timothy 4, 5. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all your duties of your ministry. All of us should have some kind of ministry that we are doing in the world. Ministry is not what we do in church. Whatever we do in church is an in-house service to strengthen the church to do the work of ministry. Because Jesus told the church to go. And so ministry happens outside the church house. And every one of us should have a kind of ministry outside the church so that you come this morning to receive to go and do ministry every one of us should do the work of an evangelist the church should affect the surroundings the church is God's agent of transformation on the planet it should cause effects the church should cause effects positive effects on the land now when we traveled outside recently, I got so excited in my spirit because the young men have moved on. You see, they have looked at the, the PIWCs in Europe and they see that this is not the type of church that will actually bring in the indigenous. So they've moved on and they are building what they call city church. But if you look at the concept of the city church, it is what the PIWC is meant to do. That is the concept. But you see, they, they are looking at how we are doing PIWC even in the diaspora. And they think that they have to move on. And my heart gladdens because we used to fear and we wondered how we we're going to win the indigenous. But these young men, they're just second generation people and the third generation, they don't fear the white face. Because they have sat with them in the classroom. They are their friends. And they are winning them in droves. Let's join this church in Amsterdam, Holland. Let's look at the evangelistic drive. Let's look at how the pastor is turning these young men to spread the church. Just for some few minutes and I'll come back. Church. The main strategies used in the agenda church. to possess the main... The do is linked with soul winning. Extreme emphasis is placed on winning souls. We set weekly, monthly, and yearly budgets for soul winning. We make our actuals in terms of souls one very public to the entire church. Members have even testified that they stayed, for example, because of how they were welcomed by protocol, the word, media presentation, or by a song ministration, the entire church is conditioned to this task. We win souls almost every Sunday, actually celebrate this and are disappointed if we don't. Secondly, we have a gospel approach. At Amsterdam City Church, the gospel of Christ, 
which is the love of God for mankind and the power of salvation is our normal. We realize that there is one message everyone can relate to and that is love. God is love. We literally took the chairman's concept of Gospel Sundays and made it our regular and it works. Sermons are therefore in themes and very intentional, geared to win a soul at climax of the service. Bible Academy, our weekly service, which is a Bible studies, has the character of a Bible school and therefore makes it more relatable. Preachers Digest, we train, align and rehearse preaching from a Christ-centered perspective. The third strategy, evangelism. The entire church is admonished to evangelize. This is not singled out to a particular group. The Gospel Unplugged, a weekly or monthly street activation which combines songs and word occurs at prime locations in the city of Amsterdam. There is a strong follow-up. There is intensive weekly check on members. In terms of outreach, the church visits old people's homes, gives donations, and tackles several socioeconomic issues in the community. On a recent visit, an elderly woman of over 90 years gave her life to Christ. Through our homeless outreach, a man gave his life to Jesus and is now a member of the church. With our prison ministry, the young men of the church play football with juveniles periodically with the aim to introduce Christ to them. Many have promised to come to church once they are out. At Amsterdam City Church, we, we always say, the more you know Jesus, the more you know you. Ask the leader of this church to pray. Because he joined the pastor's conference that we held. Then when he was praying, I realized that he was using the, the vocabularies that I have been using. The possessing the nation is in him like that. I moved on to, I think, Spain. And then this young man, he followed me. And then the message that I preach, he's going to preach in his church the next Sunday. He says that the gospel Sunday, they make it they are regular. So they don't wait to have a gospel Sunday on a monthly basis. For them, they budget for souls. And if they don't win souls, what happens? They are disappointed. They make weekly budget for souls. When they don't win, they are disappointed. And then they moved on. He said, as for them, gospel, the gospel is what? They are what? But apart from the gospel, they also do evangelism. They go out, they reach out to win souls. You saw how their young men were dressed. They will go to the juvenile prisons. They play soccer with them. You see, a lot of them have promised that when they come out, they'll come to church. But the good thing is that in this church, when I went to preach there on that, that particular day, nine souls were won. 
For me, what gladdened my heart was not the message I preached. But when I finished preaching and I sat down, and then this young man picked the microphone and he started making the altar call. Nine people, non Ghanaians, responded from various nations, various nationals. They responded to the gospel of Christ. Young people of all kinds of color are in the church. And it's Church of Pentecost. Hallelujah. And so the church is to build, to spread. We need to build it to spread. We need to build it to last. We need to build it to be strong. The kingdom must flow from the church to the streets, to the workplace, and to homes, wherever you are. The kingdom's power should be known. 1 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8. And I want us to pay attention to this particular scripture. 1 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The lost message rang out from you. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known in how many places? Everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. The message of the Lord rang from the church in Thessalonica to everywhere. Their faith in God has become known everywhere. When you are talking about Macedonia and Achaia, you are talking about two of the four provinces in the uh, Roman Empire that the Apostle Paul actually spent time to work And so when we are talking about the message from Thessalonica moving to Macedonia and Achaia, we are talking about covering provinces, covering regions from one church, from one location. The message is ringing out. And then he says that it was not just the proclamation, even their conduct, the fact that they have truly repented, that they are followers of Christ is known everywhere. I pray that this church will be built to spread so that our faith will be known everywhere. Faith will be known everywhere. Now, in Mark chapter 16 verse 20, this is what the scripture says, Mark 16 20. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by signs accompanying it. Now, they preach everywhere. The Apostle Paul, once upon a time, could not find any space where he had not covered in the European Empire. Romans 15, verse 23. Romans 15, verse 23. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, the King James will put it very nicely. There's no more place for him to work in the regions. He has covered everywhere. But he didn't do that on a silver platter. He did that with a lot of marks. A lot of trials. Going without food. Shipwreck. Beatings. But he, through all that, he spread the gospel. And so we want to encourage you. There's so much freedom in this nation, yet we are not preaching the gospel. We are not preaching the gospel. We need to build this church to spread. 
Now, if we are building this church to spread, then let me say this, brothers and sisters. We are not forming an association of Ghanaians. This is not an association of Pentecost intellectuals. We are building a church. And the church is whosoever believes. Let me remind you of my definition of the church again. The church is a community of holy people walking in love and advancing into the world with the gospel of salvation. A community of holy people. So whosoever believes should be part of this church, especially for those of us in PIWC. For your mandate is to build a multiracial, multinational, multicultural church. Let me repeat that again. Your mandate is to build a multi-racial, multinational, and multicultural church. The church is the called out ones. Whosoever is called out, whether he is a francophone person or an anglophone person, should be part of this church. We need to build this church to last and to spread. How do we do it? How many of you are Nigerians? Can I see you by hand? One, two, there's a number of them. There's one, two at the back. Now, if we need Nigerians to come to this church, they will not just walk in here. We need to find out what to do to bring them in. There are a lot of Francophones on this land. We share borders with them in this sub-region. We share borders with them, and they are here. A lot of them are also artisans, and they work for you. They are here. A lot of our Chinese foes are here in this nation. How many of them are in PIWCs? We need to build a multiracial church. We need to build a multinational, multicultural church. But it will not just happen. We have to do it intentionally. How do we do this effectively? Number one, we need to set some goals. When we are talking about goal, we are talking about the target. What are the targets? Where is your terminal point? Where do you want to end? When we are talking about goal, we are talking about the result or achievement towards which efforts are directed. All the efforts of preaching, the worship, the Bible study, the prayer meetings, the all night, what is it, what is it directed to? Where do we want to go as a church? We need to determine that one. Number two, we need to ask ourselves, what is our purpose? P-I-W-C. The reason for which something exists is the purpose. So we must always focus on the reason for which we exist as a church and then work at that. But most importantly, we need to be mindful of the process. The process. You see, Things do not just happen. They must be made to happen. Nothing grows better under this sun. If you want to keep even yourself fresh, you need to work hard on your body. You ask the women, they will explain these things to you. Yeah, they understand that. They work very hard on their bodies. Sometimes they work very hard, very hard. 
that they get you sometimes in the harder they work. <laughs> Not in itself. But at least they work hard. They work hard. Very, very hard. Even this morning, you ask the ones eaten by you. Work very, very hard. Nothing grows better. So we need to, as a church, find out the process to get to our goal. Now, what builds churches is not revival meetings. No. Revival meetings will revive. But if you really want to build church, there must be a process that we are all following. What is a process in this regard? A systematic series of actions directed to some end. So all of us will have to sit down again, especially the presbytery. And then we put some systematic series of actions that will cause us to bring all others into this church. To build a kind of church that will be multiracial, multicultural, and then multinational. When we are talking about process, we are talking about a continuous action or operation. Now, if you want to build a strong church, you must watch what you continuously do and do it well. There must be some consistency in what we do. Then I like this one. Process is working in particular ways to achieve an end. You need to work in particular ways, otherwise you don't achieve the end. If you just do church, you may not reach your target. Are we together? Are you here? Fine. In, in, in football, soccer, they normally will give best players not to the goalkeepers. Once upon a, maybe once a while, a defender will have it. But that kind of defender should be a defender who likes to cross the center line. They should give it to a kind of a defender. Because the football that we play has a target. It doesn't matter how well you play. The ball must enter the net. And then once the ball enters the net, we will all shout, go. So that is the target. And that is what football is about. The goal. So when they are looking for best players, they are not looking at people who prevent the goal. So they don't go for defenders. They are looking for people who, who put the ball either into the net or contribute to doing that. So they look at people who work in particular ways to get to the end. So they will go for mercy. He does this, this, and four defenders are already behind him. He's left with the goalkeeper. He's working in particular ways to achieve an end. See, the, the, the Nigerians will not just stream it here. We need to design it. We need to work in particular ways to achieve the kind of church that this you have been mandated to achieve. Have I communicated? You need to work in particular ways. You need to work in particular ways, please. Now, let me sum up what I've just said in this statement. Building strong, I want us to read this. Do you have it? The next slide. Shall we rise for a moment and read this, if you can? 
Yeah, if you can. If you can't, don't worry. But if you can, don't sit down. Because there are some people who want less they don't have. And if you have, glorify God by standing. Now, shall we read together? Building a strong and lasting church should not be a reaction to changing trends. It must be designed. If you want to build a strong and lasting church that will spread, it must be designed. You see, in PIW, sometimes we react to trends. The young people will come and then the choir. These days, choir, white dress. Soon, white dress. If choirs in America move to yellow dress, yellow dress. And if there is some song that is really hitting, they will all learn it. Just reacting to trends. We will not get to our destination. We ourselves should sit down. Survey our society. Look at who and who we can win. And design a plan to get to our goal. Shall we just pray a bit on this? Shall we just pray that God should give us that kind of wisdom to be able to get to our destination? Shall we pray in the name of Jesus? Holy Masanda. We need to design. And this is hard work. We need to design it. And this is hard work. We need to design it, brothers. But this is hard work. Presbytery should meet together. Pastors should pray and design something for the church to move on. In the name of Jesus. Thank you very much. Please have your seat. How many of you are grasping something this morning? Yeah. I came to give you work to do. I came to give you, that is my job, to kind of encourage you to do some work. We need to build tomorrow's church today. And I pray that right after these ministries, the presbyters who are hearing me, you have to sit on the message and then come out with some designs. And then listen to the young men too. At our last executive council meetings, the youth ministry... <laughs> Submitted six memos. Six memos. Why should we allow them to submit all the memos that they want to submit? Because we are building the church for them. And there are certain things that they understand about the society that maybe we do not. And so for some of them, when they explain, I realize that this might cannot hold water. So I try to convince them. If I'm able to convince them, I say, okay, then we thank God. Even by doing that elimination, we still had to carry six. And then because I want the executive to listen to them, I ask them to come and defend their memos. Explain it to us. Because by and large, they will take over from us. So what are they saying? So I want all PIWC pastors and presbyters listening to the young people. Listen to what they are saying. It isn't all that they are saying. Some of them, they are just, uh, it will not, uh, yeah, it will not, it will not work. Some of them are not practical. But let them dream. And then let them come out with whatever. But pay attention to what they are saying. And then have the sit down and design something. You see, we, sometimes we just church. But if you really want to church, we must be careful how we church. Yes. Even where we situate our church buildings. 
where we situate our church building. To build a very strong PIWC, the location is just like locating any other industry. The location must be good. It must be well accessible. And so we must locate it very well. And then let us go to our website. If somebody is, has just landed from Canada and he is a good Christian and he wants some church to visit, will he, by going to our website, be attracted to come here? Now, if we have to work in particular ways, young men who are gifted in this IT should be put together and they should man our side, make it the best in the world so that through that we'll be able to get to people. Please, we need to work in particular ways. We need to design it. We have to look at the length of service and the quality of it. I was going to church with this man, this area head, and then he says that today we will not just spend too much time in church. This my pastor is always wasting too much time in church. And so he will go there and show him how to just, just do it quick. And then I realized that if I don't tell him anything, he's going to do it quick. But it's not just about the quick thing. It must be quality. People must leave church. Meeting God. Shouldn't be that because we are appeared up two hours, we are done. Two hours, no problem. Two hours is long period. See, if you be in church for about three hours, what that means is that you would have played football match, two football matches. That is how long it is. So two hours should be enough, but it must be quality. It must be quality. People should desire to come to church again because of what they experienced last week. Are we together? Am I communicating? And the sound levels. If you want a white man to come to your church, you must pay attention to the sound levels. We in Africa, when you are even in your mother's womb, you are hearing sounds. So for us, unless we hit the drum very hard, and so even our drums, we have put mics. So if you don't put a microphone there, the drummer will say that, People are not hearing me. Bring me. And then the white man comes and he says, yeah, yeah, the people are killing me. And then he still seems, not that he doesn't love God, but the setting is not helping him because we are not being sensitive to our guests. Colossians 4 verse 5. Colossians 4 verse 5. Are we together? Yeah. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Yeah. When somehow you see a white one white man come to church, hey yourself change everything to meet his need. Because we need him to be kept in the church so that through him others like him will also come around. There are so many Christians here who have come here in, in, in Ghana working as patriots. They want churches to attend, but who will give them space in their church? Too much noise. Too much noise. So let us move on. Now let's sit back and watch this video. We need to design whatever we want to do to be able to achieve an end. This is our church in Cyprus. We are 
At Church of Pentecost Cyprus, we don't just talk the talk, we walk the walk. We aren't masters, but we are striving daily to achieve and accomplish what Jesus has commanded us to do. We want to make room for everyone, so we'd like to show you how we are going about achieving this. So in our attempt to build a multicultural church, we decided to use the following five questions as a guide and a framework which informs our thinking and our actions. Um, the first question for us was, who are we trying to reach? Who are we trying to reach? Um, this probably is the most important question out of them all. Then the second question for us was, once we know who we're trying to reach, where will we find them? Where will we find those people? Then the third question for us is, how will we get them in? How do we bring them to faith? How do we bring them into our fellowship and into our community? Then the fourth question for us is, when they come in, how do we keep them? How do we keep them? How do we ensure they keep coming back and they belong to this community? Then the fifth and final question for us was, how do we grow them? How do we grow them in faith um, once they come and they belong? So with all these questions answered, the next thing for us was to adapt our service and adapt uh, make changes to the various departments to ensure that um, we walked in this framework. Once Pastor made the vision of the church clear to us, we as the social media team realized that we are the first point of access before people enter the building. The people we are trying to reach on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. We already had a Facebook and Instagram account, so we decided to go on TikTok. We are intentional about the content we post so that we can attract these people into the building. Thank you. As ushers, we realize that we are the first people that visitors meet before entering the church building. So we decided to be both professional, but also welcoming to those entering. We did this by being intentional about the way we dress, wearing name tags, and also being welcoming to those entering. We positioned ourselves by having two people at the door, welcoming people and showing them to their seats, and then one person designated to mark attendance so that we know who has attended and who hasn't. As a collective, we made it a point to make sure we know everybody's names so that we address them by name and make them feel welcome. So to contribute to this vision as a music department, we decided where to be intentional about the kind of songs that we sing. So, and even though this means getting out of our comfort zone to learn songs, even in languages that we are not used to, like in French and in Greek, we decided or we realized that it was very important to go out of our way, you know, to be diverse enough and to include everyone in the kind of songs that we sing. And so, because of this, even our prayer session is structured in a way that includes everyone. So we have a structure that is made up of, you know, um, African songs, contemporary songs, at least one of the COP team songs, and a general song, so that everyone can get along as we praise God together. So this has helped us a lot, and I think, yes, it's helping the church. For the secretarial team, we introduced the welcome pack, which includes the information about the church, the feedback form to which the newcomers can give us their opinion about the service, and the form to which we can capture the details. 
Uh, during the week, we also called the newcomers to just check up on them and ask them if they have any question and if they would like to be added into the WhatsApp group. Calling them is a way to just make them realize that they matter and as individual, and we are really happy that they came to visit us into the church. So with the hospitality team, we decided to include some takeaway in the welcome pack for the new visitors. And also, we decided to cook food for the whole church once a month since there are so many students among us. PESA started in 2019, and when we caught on on the vision at the Church of Pentecost Cyprus, we just knew that we had to step up. So we became more intentional about not just attracting African students, but finding innovative ways to diversify our community. PENSA now consists of members from various nationalities and walks of life. And we've realized by simply inviting our friends to our sessions, events, and field trips, we've been able to change the narrative of what church looks like. By the grace of God, the Church of Pentecost Cyprus has over 18 nationalities. So we've asked them two questions. What brought you to the church, and why did you decide to stay? My name is Sandra. I come from Germany, and my friend John invited me 2021 to come here and I like the church very much. I like mommy and daddy and I decide to stay here. I know they go back from this church only if I would travel out but the church is very nice and then I invite everybody to come to this church. Hello my name is Benny. I'm from Democratic Republic of Congo. I got invited by a friend to come to the church and what made me to belong to the church is because I found out that the church is a family. There is love and that I really got touched by, by that and uh, I want to stay here. Thank you. Hello, I'm Connie. I'm from the Philippines. and. I'm, I learned about COP Cyprus from a friend and I decided to stay here because I like the teachings, I like the powerful prayers, I like the powerful worship time and I like the different uh, programs that this church has for us in order to grow. Thank you! Hello lovely people. My name is Maxo. I'm from Ghana. I love Church of Pentecost because Church of Pentecost have been in my heart since day one. I've been to Church of Pentecost when I was in Ghana. I love the teachings. I love the praises and worship. I love the pastor. I love the leaders in the church. And also, I just want to remain in the church forever. there what brought me to church of pentecost cyprus was pencil cyprus and what kept me there were definitely the people and the food hello my name is i'm from zimbabwe i came to COOP through a friend what kept me here was the word uh, the atmosphere and the people that i fellowship with Give me 
the old time religion is good for me. It was good for our fathers. It was good enough for our mothers. It is good enough for me. Since the days of David, the youth have taken the mantle of leadership. David said to Saul, 1 Samuel 17 verse 32, Let no man lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Where Saul and the army of Israel saw a giant who has been a warrior since his youth, David saw an uncircumcised Philistine. David volunteered himself. He didn't say Israel have a great army. Building a multicultural church is our Goliath today. We have been given the mandate to go out and possess the nations. But by the grace of God, the nations have come to us. They are in our schools, our colleges, our universities, our workplaces, and even our neighborhoods. Young people are the right people for this movement. We are smart, we are intelligent, we are young, we are vibrant, we are industrious, and we are innovative. Dear young people, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. You are an asset, not a liability. Don't forget, Jesus' team was an all-youth team. Dear pastors, elders, deacons, fathers and mothers in the church, it is time to give the youth a chance like Saul gave to David. What would have become of the great Babylonian scholars, soothsayers, wise men, and dream interpreters if Daniel wasn't given a chance? With the support and guidance of an elder, Queen Esther saved her people. Let us arise and build the church. Queen Esther said, if I perish, I perish. Where are the Esthers of my generation? Like David, it's time to pick up our slings and bring down every Goliath. The brave three Hebrew guys, Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abadnego, even when faced with death, they remained faithful. Let us arise as the Gideons of our generation. Find what you are good at in your local church. Get involved in the different departments in the church. Do not wait to be called upon to serve. The harvest is ready, but the reapers are few. Come forth, let us build the church of God together. It is our collective responsibility. Put your God-given talent to use. May the calamity that befell the ungrateful servant who did not maximize his potential not be our portions in Jesus' name. Amen. I like Nigerians. Yeah, I like their boldness. See, 18 national, nationalities. And when they were choosing somebody to conclude, they chose a Nigerian. <laughs> yeah. When we were in South Africa, uh, because of the xenophobic nature of some of them, and then the place too was quite dangerous. And so we, don't, we wouldn't go out in the night. After six, we are all inside our, uh, our, room, our homes. And, but the Nigerians will not do that. They will not do that. <laughs> they will intentionally go and stand outside a group of them waiting for the South Africans to come. <laughs> if all of us were doing this, by this time we would have shut the mouth of these people. But we want to thank God. I will have to come back again and continue next week, Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I need to finish this series. And I realize that there's still a lot to be covered. But let me just recap one or two that I heard that I want you to pick. The music ministry said 
they are intentional about the kind of songs they sang. At least one of COP song, team songs, far away in Cyprus. So when you are here, then you at least five of them. Yeah. Sometimes you lift any of our songs and all the choir walk away. They seem not to just be interested. They want to import Europe in Africa. Why? 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 Since the days of colonization, we have not emancipated ourselves from this. And anything in Europe, we think that is the best. Just listening to, just, just listening to our, uh, our Nigerian songs. Fantastic songs. And those ones, they, 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 they resonate well with our rhythms. And we can have a lot of them. And then they are saying that they, not that we don't sing European songs or songs from Hill, uh, what, Hill songs and all that. They say that they are intentional. They miss it so that they, they meet the, the, the demand. Yes. So let us be intentional. Uh, I intentionally didn't look at you when I was saying <laughs> because I wanted to have the boldness to say what I want to say. Yes. So you don't, don't mind me. I will come next week and I'll, I'll, I'll give you some space. But you see, unless you shake the foundation, you don't move on. Yeah. I get sometimes a bit disturbed. When our young people, all they like is things from America and Europe. No, no, no. Let's emancipate ourselves. You see, sometimes they, the white people, they laugh at us. When we are saying that the center of Christianity has come to Africa, they laugh. Because they say that what we do there is like what they do in India. Because they come here and everything, the songs we sing are even imported from there. And they laugh. What is the originality? Yeah, that they should also come and learn. Then they are saying that they are more intentional about finding innovative ways to diversify their community. We are talking about the church community. We have to find innovative ways to diversify. So we don't have all Ghanaians here. Let's bring other nationals on board. 18 nationalities. We realize that most of them came to the church because they were invited by friends and church members, families. And then we also saw that people come and join churches and stay for reasons. One of them said because of the food. Yeah, yeah. And I I was happy when they were talking about the vibe and the presence of the spirit. So we are not just rushing out. There must be that. But I don't want you to plan cooking for us. They are students, and I'm sure it's not a big church. And so, but once a while, once a while, you see, when I was at PIWC, we did four breakfast, breakfast meetings on Sunday mornings. And by the fourth time, the place was flooded. Yeah. By the fourth time, the place was flooded. One of them, we, the first one, we had 72 people giving their life to Christ, joining the church. And then the last one, we had 60 people join, giving their life to Christ. And then that was all. Then we started moving on. So once a while, on a good Sunday morning like this, reorganize the place. Get more things. Invite people like full gospel. And then preach the gospel of salvation, especially on a Sunday morning like this, and see what God will do. So please design something, and then let's see what God can do. 
I want to rest my voice here. I'll put a comma here. And I pray that God will give me strength and will also give you strength for us to meet again next week. God bless all of you. God bless you.